Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. And tonight, the Lord's put his message in my heart this week. I want to talk about, you know, not missing the big picture. Don't miss the big picture. And we're going to look at the life of Elijah at a crucial moment in his life where he thought, you know, or he had experienced some of the greatest highs in his life. For somebody who had lived in hiding and running, you know, from persecution, running from people who, hit, who, who hated him, it's like he had arrived and then he had, you know, totally not what he was expecting. And then the Lord spoke to him and said, keep going. What are you doing here, Elijah? Keep going. Go back to Jerusalem. Go get, you know, go anoint this guy. Anoint this guy. And then, you know, be a father to somebody. Share what you have received. Amen? Because God was going to fulfill the great work. So if you open your Bibles with me in 1 Kings chapter 19. Now I'm going to be reading verses 3 to 21. If you'd stand with me, please, for the reading of the word. Hallelujah. It's spring break. Praise the Lord. That means no clock. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I have a clock here, Pastor Kirsten. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Pastor Daniel. <laughs> you guys there? First Kings 19? All right. It says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food he gave him enough, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night, but the Lord said to him, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken the covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and the mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel broke their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told them, go back the same way you came. Come on, let's say that together. Go back the same way you came. 
and to travel the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then, Jehu, then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, to the, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So Elijah went out and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There was 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12 team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood for the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. Praise the Lord. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us tonight, Lord. I pray you move in power. I bind every distraction, any work of darkness, every demon power trying to pull away the word from the hearts of your people. Lord, speak to us tonight. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you are doing. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's an amazing story that we just read. Um, you know, some of you may be wanting to give up, but I'm going to tell you that God is going to strengthen you tonight. Hallelujah. As you get closer to the Lord, he's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you a second win. Amen. He's going to fortify you to go to the journey because everything that God asks you to do is too much for you to do. How do you know that God calls you to do something? 1,200 extensions. How do you know it's the Lord? You can't do it alone. You need him to help you. Amen. And he's helping us. And God is going to strengthen us. You know, mountaintop experience, you know, we often think, you know, when we achieve this big goal that we have in life, everything will be complete. You know, when I graduate high school, oh my goodness, it's going to be so awesome. And then you graduate high school and you realize you're broke. You, you can't, you know, like you can get an entry job somewhere, right? And then it's like you got to start working yourself and do all those things. It's like, ah, I can't wait till I land that job. I finish my degree. Then everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. You're single. I can't wait to get married. The Apostle Paul says you're going to marriage. You're going to have trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's actually in the scriptures. Amen. But it's a good thing. But, you know, you're going to be like, ah, you have to deal with a lot of things. But anyway, we often think, you know, when I get here or when this happens, this big thing that you were expecting, when I get my first car, you know, when I get my whatever it is, it's like $5 a gallon, praise the Lord. You got to buy it yourself. So, you know, pleasures and achievements are fleeting in this world. They don't fulfill us. Right, the things we achieve in this world are not truly going to fulfill us. It's okay. Amen. It's okay to have the sports car. Amen, my brother. It's okay to have the motorcycle or the things, you know, but those things are not going to fulfill us. Matthew 6, Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Really, the way we are realizing in life 
is not even by focusing on yourself. You want to have true joy in life? Stop thinking about you and do something for somebody else. Focus on what God is doing. You know, the, the quickest way for you to get depressed is just focus on you and you alone. So looking at our text, we see that Elijah, you know, he had just won tremendous victory for the kingdom of God. You know, King Ahab was one of the worst kings Israel had ever had. First Kings 16.31 says, And as though it were not enough to follow the example of Jeroboam, he married Jezebel, the daughter of King Ethbaal of the Sidonians, and he began to bow down in worship of Baal. First Ahab built a temple and an altar for Baal in Samaria. Then he set up an Asherah pole. He did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any of the other kings of Israel before him. He was a terrible man. And listen, like Jezebel is not the one who made Ahab bad. Ahab was terrible. Amen. And there were two peas in a pod. I'm just saying that. Hallelujah. So it's like, you know, oh, the Jezebel. No, if you don't get, and Pastor Daniel often says, if you don't have the Ahab spirit, you got nothing to worry about Jezebel. Hallelujah. Because this guy was all about himself. And Elijah, you know, his job what he wanted, his heart's cry, was to see Israel turn back from God. Where Ahab and Jezebel had established the worship of Baal, they had totally deviated the people from following after the Lord. The cry of Elijah's heart was to see the people turn back to the Lord. Hallelujah. And we, we all, you know, the great uh, uh, exposition in, uh, or challenge and contest in 1 Kings 18 where Elijah calls together all the prophets of Baal, and he says, the God who answers by fire, we're going to offer a sacrifice. The God that answers by fire is the true God. Because he wanted to show the people of Israel who the true God is. He wanted them to abandon the worship of Baal, abandon the worship of themselves, all these other things that they were doing to follow after the Lord. And in 1 Kings 18 and 39 says, and when all the people saw it, what did they see? When, you know, the prophets of Baal called upon until noontime, they were cutting themselves, they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, and um, Elijah saying, you know, maybe, you know, he's gone to the bathroom, shout louder. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's distracted. You know, and no fire came down. And when Elijah came up, you know, he prepared the altar, poured water upon it, and said, oh, Lord, hallelujah, show the fire, fire right away. And we see in 1 Kings 18, 39, when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord, he is God. It worked. So Elijah's cry of his heart to turn the people from God, he's now seeing all the people of Israel calling on the name of the Lord. The Lord is God. The Lord, let's say that together. Come on, let's do it, let's do it, right? One, two, three. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. That was awesome. And it worked. And then he killed all the prophets of Baal that were teaching the people how to worship idols. And if that was not enough victory, then he prayed for rain. Right after that, he's like, it's going to rain again because it had been a drought for three years because he prayed and said, there's not going to be any rain. And he prayed and the rains were shut up. But wait, there's more. So he prays for rain. The rain is coming. 
And Elijah tells Ahab to hurry to Jezreel or run home, buddy, because the rain is coming. And if you don't hurry, you're not going to get there on time. The rain's going to stop you. So think about the most victory filled for Elijah. A victory filled day ever. It's like he got the, he got everything that he wanted on that day. It's awesome. But there's, there's more. So he says it's going to rain, and then in 1 Kings 18, 46, then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked in his cloth into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. It's this amazing feat, right? He does all these miracles. He does all these cool things, and then he runs faster than the king's chariot arrives, you know, at the palace with the king. It's like, hey, hallelujah, the Lord is God. We're here. Maybe he was expecting Ahab to have had a change of heart. Man, Elijah, you were right all this time, and I was wrong. I'm totally going to abandon all my idol worship and seek after the Lord. Maybe that's what he was expecting. You were right. Jesus is king. Come on, let's have some tea and crumpets together. But that's not how it goes. Ahab, being Ahab, goes to Jezebel and it's like, <laughs> this all happened. And she says, I'm going to kill Elijah today. You know, Elijah is downstairs. It's not like, you know, he's somewhere else. He's downstairs. Like he's in town. Maybe he's thinking, man, we're going to establish the, 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 the worship of God. It's going to be awesome. We're going to make Israel great again. And Elijah runs away. He's conflicted. He fires his assistant and leaves into the wilderness and asks God to kill him. He go from the highest high of the most amazing victories you could ever have in a day to the lowest of lows. They're going to kill you. Who's they? Them's in the back. They're going to get you. You know, his mission in his life was to turn Israel to God. And when it didn't happen the way he expected, he felt like a failure. Even though the Bible says the people did call on the name of the Lord. However, the leadership didn't change. And as he's trying to disconnect from all that disappointment, you know, he's in the wilderness and the angel baked some fresh bread and water, or maybe the angel got it from a bakery, I don't know. But as he slept under the tree, the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. It's amazing that God didn't come down to him. He's like, man, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm, you know, you, you thought it was going to be different. It's really not. You know, you just rest. Take a week off. Take three months off. You need the rest. You know, you're so disappointed. Let me play this violin for you. That's not what God does. He says, eat bread because the journey is too long if you don't eat the bread. The journey is too long if you don't eat the bread. When we feel discouraged, when we feel down, when we feel tired, when you feel disappointed, it's not time to take a break from following after the Lord. It's not time to take a, bread, uh, a break from eating the bread of the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's time for you to press in to his presence. And then God brings him to Mount Sinai. And he has this powerful encounter with God. 
Actually, he walks there 40 days and 40 nights. Thank you, Jesus, for vehicles, amen? You know, at Mount Sinai, he has this powerful encounter with God where God questions him, why are you here? What are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you in this spot? And Elijah gripes about his perceived failures. His perceived failures. He did his job. He did what he was supposed to. He got the people of God to see that God is real, that he is king. Hallelujah. But maybe there are other things that he didn't get fulfilled in that. And here Elijah is, and there's a super violent wind, and the fire, or the earthquake, and he did not hear the voice of the Lord. You know, many times the, 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 where you hear the voice of the Lord is not in the music and the lights and the, when everything is awesome or seems to be just awesome. As a matter of fact, you know, to have, to be here actually takes a lot of work, right? It takes a lot of people pressing buttons and doing things to bring, you know, the party, the party on together, the worship experience. Then when we went to Eagle River, it's like, it's so awesome because we come here and it's like, you know, Gil and Rosie are moving, this is 2016. Gil and Rosie are moving to Eagle River for to start an extension. Yeah! And like everybody was like, yeah! And I was like, yes! We're going! You know, and then we go, to, and then it's like, I remember driving the, the church truck with all my stuff. And I'm pulling into Eagle River, and it's like, what am I doing? I was alone. There was nobody around. I had to unload the truck. You know, we had some brothers that were helping, but, you know, the reality of things is not, woo At least it doesn't feel that way. But actually, the great things in life, you know, Craig Rochelle says that most people, or we, we fail to understand a lot of times that, um, Small decisions, how greatly small decisions affect us, or just small things. So one of the things he says that a misconception, common misconception, that negative, small negative decisions will not affect your life negatively. And small positive decisions will not affect your life positively. You know, we think, oh, you know, when I make the big decisions, that's what's count. No, it's not. It is in the small decisions that we make on a day-to-day that will affect your life. They build upon each other and affect your life in a great way. Hallelujah. So here we see Elijah is in this place of despondency. And, you know, there's the, there's the wind, there's the fire, there's all the things. He doesn't hear the, the voice of the Lord, but he does in the whisper, in the quiet. The Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Come on, let's say that together. Go back the same way you came. You know, when God calls you to do something or when you're trying to accomplish something and you decide that it's too far, you know, you've had enough and you stop, in order for you to get to where you were going in the first place, you have to backtrack all the way to where you need to the right way to get there. So just keep going. Hallelujah. Keep going. And he says, go back the same way you came. When you arrived there, anoint Hazael, the king of Aram, then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel, Mahola, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape from Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. And the Lord comforts Elijah that what he had done was not in vain and he didn't fail. 
But he wasn't like, you know, just take five months off. He says, you know, go back to work. Go back the same way you came. May it not be what you expected, but you need to get back to it. And he gives him that word to anoint Elisha to replace you as my prophet. Now God is speaking to us. Some of the greatest events in our lives are actually a means to an end and not the end in themselves. Some, like a wedding day. Awesome. Beautiful day. How many of you know there's a lot of work that goes on after the wedding day in order to have a successful wedding? You know, after the commissioning day, you're going to Eagle River. Yes, there's a lot of work. We knocked on over thousands of doors. We went, you know, like nobody answered. It's like, you know, we went around. We started around my neighborhood. Like, hey, you know, is, you know, we're, we're just from the neighborhood, from the church. We're starting a new church. Is there anything we can pray with you about? Oh, we're good. Pray for people that need stuff. Whoosh. We don't need your prayers. Oh, don't you love Jesus? No. Some of the greatest events in our lives are not mountaintops experiences. Like a KSM graduation. Woo, graduated KSM. Yeah, now it's time to get moving forward. Or college. Or maybe you get your dream job. No, I know somebody that recently like got like, they got the job. And it was like, I had no idea people were so evil. <laughs> because now you got coworkers. You know, never worked with unbelievers before. You know, in a cutthroat business. You know, they got a great job. But it's just like everybody's trying to destroy them. Ah! The marketplace. Praise the Lord. You know, if you consider mountaintop experiences your goal in life, you're going to miss out on the big picture that God has for you. Notice that the Lord spoke in the whisper, not in the flashing or the noise or the moving and shaking. All of Elijah's awesome display of power were about one thing, turning people to God. Reconciling people to God. Amen. And even though he had those great experiences, he's, he's still, his call in life was to reconcile people to God. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. Don't think that what you do, maybe in your service to the Lord, where, you know, there's no lights, you're not the guy up there, or you're not. Don't think that the Lord doesn't see what you're doing. Don't think that what you're doing doesn't matter, because it does. Hallelujah. Notice God's response to Elijah. When Elijah was dismayed and felt dejected and wanted to die, God didn't pat him on the back and, you know, and be like, okay, I'll kill you. God didn't do that. God didn't say, um, you really want to die? Okay. No. He said, eat bread. Eat bread. Right? The last thing you need when you're going through a trial is a break from church. The last thing you need when you're, when you're, when you're you know, going through something is a break from serving. You know, there's a lot, you know, it's like, I just need a break from everything. No, you don't. Because then when you take that break and you, you stop fighting, if you're in the middle of a fight and you decide, you know what? I'm over this. Guess what's going to happen? K.O. You're going to get knocked out. You, you, don't, you can't stop. You know, and when you were going, a lot of times it was like, man, I just need a, a break from church. And then they never come back and, you know, end up, you know, falling into stuff. They, 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 should, they will drag them into hell. 
a break from serving, a break from God. You can't take break from God's. You shouldn't take break from God's. But when you're from God, but when you are, you know, when you're in the trial, when you're feeling tired, you really need to get in the presence of the Lord. You need the bread of the word to feed you, to strengthen you, because the journey is gonna be too long. Are you tired? I got good news for you. The journey's gonna be too long. Are you tired? The journey's gonna be too long, but I got better news. There's bread that comes from the presence of the Lord. There's water of the word to feed you, to strengthen you, to wash away all the sin and to wash away all the things that bog you down. But you gotta eat because Elijah could have chosen not to eat. Hallelujah. And maybe he would have been another Gehazi. Deuteronomy 8.3 says, yes he, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with the manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And Jesus echoes that in Matthew 4.4 when he's being tempted by the enemy. Hallelujah. Now, when we're feeling dejected, we need the word of God. Fresh and powerful experience with God will empower you to get to the place where you will receive your marching orders from the Lord in the whisper. If you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you need to get in the presence of the Lord. You need, you need to come to early morning prayer. Hallelujah. You need to get in a place where you can hear the Lord speaking to you and strengthening you and comforting you in the quiet place. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. Faith ain't going to come from your favorite streaming service. Faith is not going to come from your favorite movie that you watched 50,000 times. I'm not feeling good. I'm just going to watch Princess Bride one more time. As you wish. <laughs> That's not where we get faith. You get faith from the presence of the Lord. You know, and, as, and I'm like, and, and some of you can be like, are you serious right now? Like we hear this almost every Sunday. Yes, you know why? Because it works. Because we works. You know, Pastor, Pastor Kirsten mentioned, why do we pray so much? Because we need help. And the way that you keep moving forward, the way that you grow in the presence of the Lord is by continually seeking after him, continually, no matter how we're feeling, coming to his presence. And that's why it's so important for you to be around others that, you know, can help you when you are feeling down. They can pick you up. They can call you. They'll show up at your house and be like, hey, I just heard you're trying to knock each other out. Can I pray for you? Seriously. We have brothers, we have sisters, hallelujah, that we, we run with each other and we strengthen one another. Praise the Lord. So what is Elijah's next duty? His duty is to raise up the next generation. We have a duty to do. You know, all that God does, and Pastor Daniel talked about the synergy of the generations. Everything God does is multi-generational. There are things that God that promises that God made to me that I will not see fulfilled, my children will fulfill it. And I must stay faithful to the calling and faithful to guide them, to lead them in the way that God called them to do because they're going to fulfill the call that we've had on our family. 
yours the same way. There are, there are things that we need to do in Eagle River, that we're going to do in Eagle River, that we're going to do in Anchorage, that we, I can't do it with the people that we have there. God is going to bring people in that we're going to train, we're going to raise up, and we're going to release to do the, what, call, what God called them to do. So we can't stop. You know, the end of last year was one of the most weary seasons in my life. It's like, oh, can we just get a break? It's like, no, you can't. Like sometimes you just can't get a break. Because if you stop in the middle of the fight, you're going to get knocked out. I ain't going to get knocked out. Uh-uh. I don't got to quit in me. So what do we do? You get in the presence of the Lord and we push through and we pursue the Lord. The word for our church this year is what? Press on. And we're going to press on. When you press on into the upward calling that God has for us. Hallelujah. And listen, I'm not saying just cliches. I'm actually quote, quoting scriptures. Forgetting the things that stay behind. You press on to the upward calling of Christ in our lives. When you do what the bread of the word of God says and you act it out. You have victory. So the Bible says that Elisha went and found, Shaf and found or Elijah found Elisha. The first thing he did when he left the wilderness, when he left that place of being dejected, he obeyed the Lord. You have to obey God. You have to obey the, the command that he gives you and keep on moving forward. And he goes, marches forward. He goes to the place, you know, and finds, um, he finds Elisha and calls him. And the Bible says that he says, Elisha responds, first, let me go kiss my father and mother goodbye. Then I'll go with you. And Elijah replied, go back and think about what I've done to you. And he did that. And he slaughtered the oxen. He used the wood to the, and the plow to build a fire and roast their flesh. And he passed around the meat to the townspeople. And they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. It's a beautiful picture that when he got the call of God in his life, he didn't say, okay, you know, uh, I can go with you part-time. I can follow what the Lord called me to do. Just, just part, part, of, not everything. No, he said, hold on. Let me say goodbye to my parents. And he went and he destroyed his oxen. He killed his oxen, which was his, you know, his, uh, he basically burned bridges to his previous life. Because he said, I'm going to fully devote to what God has called me to do. Listen, the life of a believer is not a half-hearted life. If you're a Christian and you, the most painful way to live is to live half-following God. Because you're never going to live in victory. You're not going to live a life of blessing. You're not going to live a life of victory. And then you're going to hear us talking about it like, no, God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. It's like, uh, what? Like, I don't have peace. Yeah, because you're not living fully devoted to the Lord. You're not living fully surrendered to him. The Bible says that God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not half-hearted seek him. Half-hearted don't get you half, you know, the blessing. Half-hearted gets you no blessing. <laughs> Are you encouraged? <laughs> Liars. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Come on. Let's praise break. <laughs> Father, thank you for your word. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord, and we thank you, God, for your goodness. Help me not um, ruin things for people. But I want to encourage you, press on. Because the devil will lie to you. 
will lie to you that it, you know, you need a break, that you need this, that you need that, you need to stop, that church is too much or whatever, and he's, he's preparing you and setting you up for failure. You we need the fresh bread of the word of God. Hallelujah. You need to be part of a life group. So that when you're not, you know, when you're feeling bad, we're talking about, you know, the first life group we went to was the, at the choirs. You know, we talk about you guys all the time. Um, when we first came into the church, we didn't know, you know, we didn't know people. We didn't know what to do. It was the first, like, life group we went to. And, you know, what we found there was a family. What we found was families because, listen, we know our life group leaders. Amen. And we have a set structure that blesses people to walk in the power and the calling that God has for us. So, hallelujah. Elijah goes on, obeys the Lord, and he anoints his, um, his successor. John Maxwell says, there's no success without a successor. Who are you training up to be, to follow you after the Lord? One of the slogans of our church in the, in the past was, be a disciple and make a disciple. Hallelujah. So many Christians are bound and distracted by fire and the prophecies and the winds, and they're neglecting their most important role to raise up the, mo the next godly generation. The most important thing we can do is bring somebody along and get them doing what God has called them to do. Hallelujah, that's what we're here. As a matter of fact, that's why we have pastors and apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Praise the Lord. You know, and we're all in one or two places. Can you come and play, please? And we're going to take, be taking communion here um, in the next few minutes. We're all in one or two places. In Elijah's place, where you can train up the next generation, or in Elisha's place, the next generation chosen to be trained. You know, and notice something, you know, if you're in that place where you're, you're starting out, maybe you're, you know, you're, you're beginning to, you want to walk in the fullness of the, of the calling that God has for you. It begins through service. It doesn't begin through, you know, in the lights. It doesn't begin in, the, you know, in the accolades. It doesn't begin in the mountaintops experiences. It is the day-to-day -day walk with the Lord first and foremost, and then being faithful, being fruitful, being loyal to the calling that God has for you and to the local church to see that fulfilled in your life. Hallelujah. How are you going to respond? What is your response to the call of God in your life? He's asking you, why are you here? Why are you in the place where you find yourself right now? You got to take responsibility for yourself in order to even acknowledge where you are. Why are you where you are right now? And listen, whenever God asks a question in scriptures, it's not because he's trying to find something out. He's trying to get us to align and see where we really are. And Elijah has a come to moment where he's like, man, I am not fulfilling my purpose in life. And he gets snapped out out of that depression. Out of that dejection that he was in. And he begins to fulfill what God has for him. And he found Elisha who was busy and working hard. And he walked away to become a servant. Matthew 25 and 34 says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. 
from the creation of the world. God has so much for us. Amen. And in this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation, but take heart. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, take heart. Rejoice. You're going to overcome. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you.